0: The following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to the Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your host. Any believer's life will go epic when they discover the indwelling life of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining our podcast today as we unfold more of the truths of who you are in Christ. Everything has become epic for the indwelt Christian who has learned to release the spirit of Christ from within. Now, let's just assume for a moment that we are dealing with a group of people out there that are listening that do not have the Holy Spirit living and residing inside your mortal body, which traditionally most of us believe that is what salvation is. So let's say there's a group out there that are listening that don't have the Holy Spirit living inside their mortal body, but they call themselves Christians. How many would you say percentage-wise in the good old U.S. of A. Western theology thinks that you're saved upon infant baptism or minimally that you're saved if you're following Christ you're going to church you attend Bible studies you lift your hands in worship how many of those people out there would you say oh I'm a Christian ninety percent of the people walking around out there they can't release the Spirit there's no releasing the Holy Spirit through your tongue and through your arms and your legs and your brain there's no releasing the Spirit because the Holy Spirit doesn't live in you that's a problem so all you can do is read about Jesus read about those who followed him buy some more books and study those books to learn how Christians behave and then replicate their behavior that's the best you can do While you're sitting in that pew or in that car seat driving down the highway or sitting in that Bible study listening to this podcast, you are as dead as the door that you walk through to sit down to listen to this message. Unless you have made the great exchange and the Holy Spirit does live inside your mortal being if you have the Holy Spirit living inside you, you can release the Spirit. So I want to talk about it. The prophet Ezekiel prophesied about the great renewal that would be enacted in Christ when he spoke for God saying this. This is out of Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. Now this is many, many years before Jesus was walking the face of the earth talking about this indwelling life that he is promising. God has been setting the stage for the exchange life for a very long time. When the indwelt receives Christ in regeneration, this new heart, which is the mind-willing emotions, and the new spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, become a spiritual reality from within. Not without. Within. There has to be, listener, listen very carefully. There has to be a great revelation within you that the Word of God is inside you. And that that is more important than anything you read because there's some funky translations out there today. So knowing the life of Christ is living inside you is the first revelation you need to embrace for the practical application of the exchanged life.
1: This is not a mechanical replacement whereby we
0: receive a new heart part. So once I became born again, indwelt by the Holy Spirit at 16 years of age, he didn't open up my chest and give me a brand new heart. So we have to look at the Hebrew for the word heart. It's basically the description of the New Testament term soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So what's being promised here is a new heart. It's a new mind. It's a new feelings that come with it. It's new thoughts, choices, and emotion. Nor is it a heart transplant, which is taking someone's healthy heart and putting it inside you. I think most people would say, well, that's ridiculous. I know that doesn't happen at salvation. I'd like to have you go to your Sunday school class and do a little survey.
1: And ask those little kids, where is Jesus? And they'll say, he is in my heart. Where's your heart? Well, it's, in, it's inside my chest. Is that heart what beats? And the kid's going to say yes. Does Jesus live inside your heart? You better pray you never have heart failure. But if you're thinking that does not have an effect on them when they grow up, then you
0: need to come work in my ministry for a while. Because that's some twisted thinking that's going on in the church today of people believing things that just aren't right. So it has nothing to do with the physical heart. They use that term because... That's the the life thing that they felt inside their body that produced life, and so they use that term to where life comes from. Well it is the solical area of the human. So rather in the inner man, which is 2 Corinthians 4.16, of our spiritual third of the triune of man. So you have the body, you have the soul, mind, will, emotions, and you have the spiritual. If you're unsaved, it connects to Satan. If you're saved and have the indwelling life of Christ, it connects to God the Father through Christ. That is critical. And that is what we're calling new life out of Romans 6.4, which is literally the presence of God, the functioning of God in real time, real life inside you. It's not you replicating what you're reading. People have a hard time with the inward life have to read external things to get excited about walking life. It's all they've got. When I hear people say to me, you know, you talk about hearing God all the time, and you know, I can't wait till I can hear Him.
1: I want to cry for that person. That's the first
0: aha you should have. This is not my mind. This is not my spirit. This is not my... That's the first aha you should have after salvation i got all of eternity living inside this pea brain. But it is not the first revelation that Christians have. The first revelation that Christians have is that they have to go to the church and work in Sunday school. They have to find out what they're good at and start serving in church. they got to do good things to get the good one to be pleased with them. I got news for you. He's not pleased with you. I got news for you. He doesn't look at you as a good person. Jesus looks at you as deserving hell, damnation, condemnation forever. That's how Jesus looks at you. And after you're saved and receive the indwelling life of Christ, he still looks at your body and he says, You know, it's going to have to stay here. I hate it. I despise it. It has corrupted your thinking. It's corrupted your life. It is not coming with us. Stick it in a casket, put it in a furnace, do whatever it is that you want to do with it, but it's not coming with us. I'm going to give you a brand new body that matches my body. And then I'm going to take your refined soul and your perfect spirit and the three are going to become the triune of the bride that my Father selected
1: for me. That's how it's going to work.
0: So your good deeds are filthy rags to Jesus. Unless it's his deeds doing it through you
1: then it's perfect white robe behavior. Now that's what I call epic.
0: We are on number 125 in the Identity matter series. We're doing a sub-series underneath that called True Grace. I believe we're going epic. We're on number 15 on the epic series. And we're going to be talking about the true power and function of the indwelling life of Christ today. So Jeremiah's comment that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked.
1: That's Jeremiah 17.9. That is not a description of an indwelt
0: believer. That is a description of someone who thinks they're a Christian. They don't have the Holy Spirit living inside them. They think they are, but you see their heart is still deceiving them. The mind, the will, and the emotions are the most deceiving parts of all of existence for humanity. Trying to battle someone's thoughts trying to battle someone's emotions, i don't know if you've ever tried that. It's an impossible thing. I used to step into those those cow pies willingly, and today i won't. They want to use scriptures, they want to use books, they want to use authors, they want to use whatever to to prove their heart, mind, will and emotions, and i've already been listening enough to go I could read you the response text that I gave not more than an hour ago
1: to this pastor. Because I will not step into that. And if you're
0: stepping into it as a pastor with this person, you're the one I need to talk to. Let her go. Let it go. Move on. Just preach. The truth. Because there's millions of people out there with this who think they're Christians. But their heart, mind, and emotions is deceitful above
1: all things. And they're
0: desperately wicked while they're Bible-thumping. There's been more cults sent to Cosmos land or spaceship travels, or whatever with Bibles under their armpits. Drinking poison juice for the word of God. Thousands and thousands and thousands of these groups through the centuries. But there's only one authentic group of true indwelt believers. Only one. The Bride of Christ. So the Spirit of Christ indwells our hearts, which is mind, will, emotions. And the Spirit itself actually resides, finds housing inside our spiritual part. But see, that can't happen until there's an exchange. The old Adamic Spirit's got to go, and the new, which is Christ Jesus' Spirit, is put in its place.
1: And so this new heart comes from
0: the new spirit. And yes, I will agree with those of you who are probably even thinking right now, I can give you the proof text that heart and spirit are used simultaneously, and they are. It was just their way of trying to explain where zo life comes from. But what they're communicating is not about the physical heart. It is a deep, rich, spiritual principle being given to us, setting us up for understanding the exchanged life. So it also says in Hebrews 8.10 that God has written his laws upon our heart. I'm not sure any of my cardiology reports have actually shown the word of God carved out on my heart. But I can, if we could somehow invent some kind of scan system that could scan my brain, I could definitely tell you that the Word of God has been carved out on my
1: mind-willing emotions.
0: If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, new things have come. Second Corinthians 5.17 By and through releasing the Spirit of Christ, Everything has become new spiritually in the believer. We are a new creation, Galatians 6.15. We are a new man, Ephesians 4.24. The old man that we were in our unregenerate state has become crucified, Romans 6.6, 6, and put off, put off. Ephesians 4.22 And we are a new man in Christ. We are not a schizophrenic white dog, black dog, old nature, new nature existing in one temple. That is blasphemy. Now all of you NIV lovers are about ready to shoot me right now. Because NIV teaches that they stay together inside your temple. I'm not sure Jesus would agree with you. That temple had to be cleansed. Had to be a housing position of perfection. Made alive, new, brand new, 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 new. So the housing of the very spirit of Christ could live inside our mortal being. There's no black dog, white dog in my body. Just a
1: white one. But all those old
0: thoughts, the Adamic nature programmed into my mind, my heart, I have to battle every day. And many times I submit there unto the desires of my
1: body. Bummer. That's why Christ wants nothing to do with this human body. It's going to stay
0: here. So when people ask me about, should I torch my body, you know, in the end times, aren't we going to be raised from the grave and rejoined to our bodies?
1: Really? Well, should I not burn my body, cremate it? You see the silly questions we ask?
0: Burn it, beat it, torch it, whatever. It is not to be connected to who you are in Christ for eternity. It's going to stay here. Most people understand that, and that's why they will burn it. Doesn't take a theologically sound Christian to understand this body is going to go back to dirt. It just doesn't. It should be left for the ants all the insects, let the ground reabsorb it because that's where it came from. Where it came from is where it needs to go back to. My renewed nature in Christ Jesus, new nature in Christ Jesus has to go back where it
1: came from. Who gave it to you? God, the Father. So that's where it's got to go.
0: That's that's how simple theology is to God. I gave it to you, it comes back to me. The dirt gave that to you, it's gotta go back to the dirt.
1: Pretty simple stuff, isn't it? Oh, some people just love to argue simple things and make them stupid. Unnecessary. The
0: old man has been exchanged for the new man. The completely new identity, which is the mind of Christ. That's what identity is. It's what you think.
1: I'm interested in what Christ thinks.
0: Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 through 19. You know, and you take that passage and put the opposite in of of everything we just read where love is mentioned, hate. You would have a great description and depiction of our world today. And the biggest thing is closing out this passage. What does it say right there about knowledge? The
1: love of our husband
0: surpasses knowledge. (coughs) And the number one war we're dealing with in our world today is knowledge. So you see, when you bring a person back to, when God brings you to, someone to you, do you walk them over to the tree of life, or do you walk them over to the tree of knowledge? Read this book. Memorize these scriptures. Practice these things. Listen to this And we give them this list of things to help ground them. In what? Knowledge? Versus walking them over to the tree of life and say, now I don't know if you notice this, but there's no words written on any of the leaves on this tree. There's just fruit.
1: Yeah, fruit. Gentleness and Patience and kindness and just fruit. Just eat it. Well, that's all I got to do? Just eat it. That's what fruit's for. But over here, Paul
0: talks about on the tree of knowledge, there is fruit of death. Strive, work harder, read more, go to Bible studies, go to church, set in a pew, rent a pew. There's just... This endless stuff that's written on these leaves and then the fruit that is dripping from this tree of knowledge is praise, approval, success, awards. I got an award recently for one of our videos. It took me right around, well, it's less than 30 seconds to
1: put it in the trash. No, I was
0: tempting up front, but I knew that's not our mission. I just wanted to use now. Oh, so our video is going to get placed in the awards group of Director Plus. Now I can tap into that. That's how I'll use it. But see, people strive for that stuff, they strive for the, the, the awards of what people are going to say about them at graduation or at, you know, whatever event. But I'm asking you to reach up there and pick one of those pieces of fruit. Let's just say pear. Looks great. I mean, it doesn't look dark. Doesn't got worms coming out of it. Doesn't have a demon's face painted on it. It looks great. Isn't that what Eve said about the fruit she saw, Looks good, delightful to, for, to my eyes. Might as well eat it.
1: But you take that fruit, and you take a bite out of it,
0: and it's like plastic fruit from Walmart. There's no nutrition in it. There's nothing in it. It's going to make you sick. Remember when Paul, I mean when God took John up into heaven he was asked to eat something. This has always been such a weird little glitch in me understanding the, the prophecies that are going to be unfolded here real soon. John was asked to eat something. What was it?
1: A book. A little book.
0: Can you imagine standing there and you're John? And you've seen all this unbelievable, incredible stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, one of the elders steps forward and says, "Uh, John,
1: go take the book out of the angel's hands and eat it. And when it was on his tongue, what did the elders say it was going to taste like? Huh? can be sweet but when it got to the stomach it was going to turn bitter now I am not going to try to say I understand God's brain mind or why he asked certain people to do certain things but I will tell you inside of me I know
0: what that story means. And the world is about to see. Eating the word is so sweet to the taste. But after it gets inside you, it creates guilt and condemnation and I got to work for it. There's this, this bitterness. but I, But the word was so sweet.
1: Yeah. If you think that that tree of knowledge doesn't look like the Bible,
0: then you're really naive. Since Satan can't invent any words, create any words, form any of his own words, where do you think he gets them? Here's what he does. That's what he does. He gets all the proper knowledge of the holy over there and he comes over to his tree and he writes it on his leaves so that people are lured to knowledge and they look at this tree and go yeah, Jesus, Holy Spirit filled with him and they're just all this funky righteous stuff and there's nothing but bitterness in it after you put it into your mouth and swallow it. I get you,
1: John. I get it. Whereas the
0: tree of life is just life. There's no works, performing, no awards. There's rewards coming later if you get it. But if you don't, you still might make it to heaven. Rewards are based on accepting what's on this tree like a kid. That's what will get your rewards in heaven.
1: Just, I believe it. He said it. I believe it. That is measured in
0: heaven. But the one standing over here going, I gotta work for it. I gotta try a little harder. I gotta, I gotta. There's nothing but bitterness in that kind of a life. It's really a bummer. Perhaps the most frequent phrase used in the new testament to refer to our spirit oneness is a little phrase called in christ
1: 1 corinthians 1.30 says by
0: his god's doing you are in christ it's god's doing paul also said if any man is in christ he's a new creature Whenever we see that the phrase, that phrase, it is quite legitimate to read it as in oneness in Christ. It's perfection. For example, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's nothing more or less than describing our spirit oneness in Christ. And later, the same chapter, The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus who is our commander, our Lord, our owner, landlord, owner. He owns us.
1: The phrase in the spirit
0: can also refer to the spirit oneness with the spirit of Christ. Trinity! lives within the believer. Spirit oneness is brought into being by the presence of the entire Trinity within us. The entire Trinity is in us. So we're taking it into advanced Christianity now. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit have come to dwell and take up residence in our spirit. When we become, this is a quote-unquote out of 2 Peter 1.4, when we become partakers of the divine nature. Partakers
1: are eating, eating of
0: the divine nature. It's what you eat every day. It's what you breathe. It's what you drink. So when he says, eat my body, drink, my blood, this is what he's talking about, is partaking in the divine nature of the Trinity. We become partakers of God the Father, partakers of Christ, Hebrews 3.14, and partakers of the Holy Spirit, Hebrews 4.6.4. 6, 6, 4. I, I really don't think it gets any sweeter than that. So here's the key to Trinity living. Jesus explained to the disciples in the upper room discourse, quote, unquote, if anyone loves me, we, capital W in most of your translations, we, which is my father and I, will come and make our abode with him. Now, if you have not thought of this, maybe today is a good day. Whether you're driving down the freeway or sitting in a Bible study, today might be a good day for you to understand the triune of God is inside your body. If you've made the great exchange. So the next time you have a feel sorry for your moment, I'm lonely today, you might want to think about, you got a pretty good sized gang of people. Not people. Divine nature living inside you but our human minds have a hard time with that. In his first epistle, John writes, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him. God abides in him, and he in God. Jesus himself had to be literally put in the same position that we're put into. He had to have God inside him. And of course, that was done when he walked out of that that river that day, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. That great truth became true for Jesus, and then he turned around, and did the same thing for us. How cool is that? It is Paul uh, who is so clear about Christ indwelling us. I personally believe Christ was the Paul was the very first one for Christ to began preaching and teaching the exchange life. I believe that was his mission. That was the great mystery that people were going, what did you just say? And we're still getting that today. What did you just say? It's still a great mystery today like it was with people Paul was talking about in 2. What, what did you just say? You're a heretic. You're crazy.
1: You are insane. No, this mystery that Paul was speaking of was life-transforming.
0: So for Paul to lead all these people back to this tree of life and just say, now, I'm going to give you the words, but you can't say it till the Spirit has make the, made this known to you. I determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And
1: so the people are going, yeah, but... But I have two master's degrees. I have two doctorates. Oh,
0: you belong over there. I determine to know everything I possibly can about Christianity, about Jesus Christ, about God the Father, about God the Son, about the church itself, about church history, about how church history unfolded into the centuries, and how church history is good. And Paul goes, Johnny, come here. Just stand right here.
1: I determined to know nothing except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yeah, but I I, would Okay, come back over here. That's our war. You see, that's all Paul was sent to say quite a process he had to go through
0: running from daggers running from murderers running from heretics who thought they were the Christians being chased and beaten by his own people for what saying this great mystery of Christ in you the hope of glory and that I determine to know nothing anymore but what's on that tree that's Jesus Christ, it's his life, it's, that's the word, I got it. So all I got to do is come to you in spirit and power. That is such a simple principle that why this tree of knowledge saying always wins just annoys me. It just wins every day and some of you are going to finish this podcast and you're going to pick up that next book. You're going to study another volume of Peter or whatever, and you're going to be excited while you're reading, but when you close the book, you're going to feel weary and heavy-laden, as Solomon said. I would really like to know what most indwelt believers would do if God actually sent an angel to show up in your bedroom and say, I want you to drop absolutely everything but the ministry that our Father is going to give you. It will have nothing to do with knowledge. Would you do
1: it? I say you won't.
0: I say if God set a mark in this world today, And just stopped every true believer and just stopped them and said, No more careers, none. There's not enough time for you to get your trophies. Drop them and spend the rest of your breathing days ministering the gospel. All of you who are willing to do that, step forward now. And I'll bet you that few are going to step off that line. And the rest of the true Indwell believers will go back to their jobs for their paychecks. I know what it
1: feels like to be stopped and
0: that said to me, will you drop everything and spend the rest of your life in ministry, no matter how hard it's going to be? Will you do it? You might want to
1: think about it. Here's what the visual proof
0: is of what I am attempting to say today. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they all have one thing in common, and that is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit inside God the Father is the His Holy Spirit. The Spirit inside Christ Jesus is the, His, Holy Spirit. When we had the Holy Spirit put inside of our mortal bodies, we became a part of the triune of God. The triune of God is literally living inside of us.
1: That's what Peter and Paul were saying. And this you're not going to see or hear preached
0: in your common church. That doesn't make me God. That doesn't make me Christ. That makes me embrace the privilege and gift of being brought into Christ Jesus, being put into Christ Jesus. The reason why that women don't bear their old names which was their daddy's or their previous husband, all those names have to be dropped in order to embrace the new name because identity comes from name. Whatever is her husband's,
1: she has equal rights to. That's the law. Well, some ladies have figured that one out. I can get
0: rich here real quick. But see... The truth of the matter is, is everything that Christ has and owns is ours as a bride of Christ. Eternal life, abundant life, full, you know, whatever he's got is what we get. It's called the great mystery that Paul talked about of the inheritance of Christ Jesus.
1: This is what makes it possible. That is salvation. You'll have
0: to download the PDF to get the diagram for that. Finally, Paul asks the Corinthians in disbelief, Do you not recognize that Jesus Christ is in you? It's almost almost leaving with them with the impression of, What is wrong with you? <laughs> Don't you get that Christ is inside you? Well, that's what I preach every week. Hello! Don't you get this? Christ is in you. What did you just say?
1: What did... This is not new,
0: folks. This is not harassment upon the exchange life teachers of today. Paul was frustrated, obviously, and saying, Don't you know that Christ is in you? Well, um... According to my theological understanding of this, if you look back in church history, that kind of terminology was used right out of the dark ages because people were needing hope and gladness and light.
1: Really? How about just walking over to this tree and going, wow, yes, I do know that Christ lives in me. That's all you need to know. He'll do the rest. (laughs) It can't get any more simple than that.
0: For I determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Well, since I was crucified with Him, wow, that puts a different emphasis on everything. Since God dwells in us, in spirit form, the scripture teaches us just how it is established and functions. We must be born of the Spirit, John 3, 5. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts 3, 20, uh, uh, 3, Acts two thirty eight. That happens on the great exchange moment. Not a second blessing. We are sealed in Him in oneness with Christ with the Holy Spirit of promise, Ephesians 1.13, one of my absolute most favorite verses, externally. We are baptized. Every individual Christian is baptized into the Spirit. It's not water. The water is to be an external demonstration of being baptized into the Spirit. Now that's very cool. So, when our spirits were replaced, exchanged for the Spirit of Christ, and we become part of this one body, that is the body of Jesus Christ. Skin of his skin, bone of his bones, mind of his mind, spirit of his spirit. Identity matter Statement for today. Every indwelt Christian has an anointing of the Spirit, 1 John 2.20 whereby the Spirit of God becomes our inner teacher. Well, the reason why you have to be discipled by someone in your life is because it's the same principle of the Word of God being external. You read the external Word to bear witness with the Word that is in you. Well, the great teacher of all eternity lives inside you, but you need other teachers in your life to say say things and demonstrate things so that you can go, now that's truth. Mm Mm-hmm. Works the same way. Notice he does not say those who are following the leading of the Spirit are sons of God. Nor does he say those who are are seeking the leading of the Spirit are sons of God. No. He says that every believer, every son of God, has the inner leading in the direction of the Spirit of God. Whether or not they seek or follow that leading, That's what will determine if they're Christian versus indwelt Christians.
1: It's very cool.
0: Maybe you need to get saved today. Driving down the freeway, too embarrassed to walk up and talk to your Sunday school teacher or your Bible study teacher and say, "You know what? I I realized today that I need to make the great exchange. I believe the Holy Spirit is." heavy upon my heart in repenting and acknowledging that I am one of those who thought I was a Christian but I'm going to hell. How would you like to get a greeting card in the mail? You open up the greeting card and it says, guy burning in hell. And the words on
1: the front of the card says, going to hell. And you open it up, it says, make the great exchange.
0: Are you there? Are you at this aha moment where you realize you're going to hell whether you follow Jesus or not? Well, that's why we have this prayer in our PDF is for you to read over it, pray about it, but you don't need special words to get saved.
1: Just die. You
0: don't have to commit suicide. Let him commit murder. Just let him kill off the old nature. Let him take your old nature to the cross and kill it. It must die. Your old self must die. Then he gives you a brand new nature, gives you a brand new creature, brand new everything. He will start you brand new. He'll push the reset button. That can only be done at the great exchange. Give me a call, give me a text at 602-292-2982 and I'd be more than willing to discuss anything you've heard or maybe get you into some good quality discipleship materials that will further advance your understanding, not knowledge, understanding of who you are in Christ.